Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. At the top of the year is January 1st. It was a Sunday. I got to preach to you then. And I literally get to preach to you on the last day of the year also. So that's nice. Um, So let's talk about what happened in between. Uh, Goodness gracious was 2023 a year. Um, I got something. uh, I was praying for uh, our youth group and our students. And one of the scriptures I got was a portion out of Psalm 6511. And uh, the first portion says he crowns his year with his bounty. And it just, I had kind of a, what we say in church, sometimes a witness or an impression that it was something I need to pay attention to. And so we got with our team and, and we, we started praying things, these things out. And we pray over the scriptures and we pray over chairs and we do that every week. Um, and and I, love, I love praying over our students because for many of our students, actually, I am convinced that we are one of the only people that pray for them. And... So it crowns you with this bounty that we would see the goodness of, um, of the Lord. And honestly, I can, I can testify in every single possible metric uh, he, we have. We have transitioned, uh, part of our team transitioned to go plant in Magnolia. We have added staff. Uh, we had more baptisms than we've ever had before. Within a two-month period, we had nearly 300 salvations. Uh, we had an event with 975 students at one point in time. We had uh, more donations come in to fund people to go to camps and mission trips uh, than I could ask, think, or imagine. Um, we have had record-setting just regular attendance. We have split junior high and high school on preaching and see God grow um, in different methods and how we're reaching a generation. We've had favor in schools across as west as Montgomery, as east as Canyon Creek, as north as actually. We've had a few from Huntsville come down. Uh, so across the board, it really was a year where God crowned, crowned it with his bounty. But here's the thing. I am so thankful and grateful for the Lord for doing those things. It's not so much a reflection of my leadership, let's be real, uh, but, it's, but of God's faithfulness. But it actually ties in what we're talking about today, and we're talking about Simeon today. Um, it was a fight every step of the way. From a personal aspect, from a ministry aspect, there were things in this year that were an absolute total fight of faith. It did not come with great ease. And yet, at the end of this year, in the midst of all the tears and all the things walked through, I can testify it was worth it. And with today in in this story, and we're getting into, I I want to take just one last second to kind of plug this. In January, we're doing something called AY Weekend. You've seen announcements for it. I I need everyone to kind of understand this about me too. I'm not a hype guy, which is a bit unusual for a youth pastor. I do not think everything is awesome. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't push. Uh, junk and awesome. I don't think everything is awesome is great. I do have the conviction, though, that what we're doing in January is important because many of our students, including your own, are hurting. And at the top of the year, it's a great for some a reminder, for some the first time, to have encounter with the Lord. The event is here. 
It's 35 bucks intentionally because we know times financially can be tough. We want to make it as affordable as possible. Yes, there's fun things because guess what? Teenagers have hobbies. They like, they like decompressing from the week and hanging out and eating, and we have all that. But we also believe that what's coming up will have an impact on your student. And, and let's just get this elephant out of the room. I understand that youth group can be hard to connect to. But I tell this to our students all the time, and it's very true. I am more passionate about them connecting with Jesus than they are with me. Amen. And I'm more passionate about connecting with Jesus even than their community of friends. Yes, there are people for them to meet and friends to have, and there's leadership that loves and cares about them and prays, prays for them multiple times a week. This is true, and we do our best. But I also understand this. For your student to develop a relationship with the Lord at this age and at this time, before they hit adulthood, is imperative. And so this is an event, not just to hold an event just for the sake of it, but it's intentional. So I encourage you if you have those students, bring them. How many? <laughs> we'll take as many as you bring, man. Uh, <laughs> we'll take as many as you bring. So it's going to be great. For today, today's message, um, we're talking about Simeon. Chronologically in the timeline of uh, Jesus, this actually happens in the Christmas story. Just sometimes for some reason, we skate over it. Um, this is before the wise men showed up. The wise men, shepherd, angels, that didn't all, all happen at the same time. Uh, the shepherds had already visited uh, Jesus uh, when he'd been born. We know because of Levitical law at this point in time in the story where we're picking up, Jesus is at least 40 days old. And it is tradition to go to the temple and to bless the firstborn and bring him before the Lord. And Simeon is an older man who, who was known and loves the Lord and is in the temple at this time. So let's pick up there, Luke 2, verse 22 to 26. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Interesting side note, this was typically a sacrifice that poor brought. So Joseph and Mary really did not have much. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Very key. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Let's go verse 26. Just kind of reemphasize. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The first point I have today is, is something for this upcoming year. In, in Christian church terms, we call it, he got a word. And referring to a word in the sense of the God is a, a rhema, a personal spoken word unto him. Now, when we talk, the Holy Spirit speaking to people, I realize some people get a little freaky deaky on this. Um, so just a reminder, um, do believe in all the active gifts of the Holy Spirit, and he's still working in the church today, and this church is evidence of those things. I also believe that people are strange. 
so, so sometimes when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, which is obviously God, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, Matthew 3, if you want to reference to see the Trinity at work in action, but we believe that he is real and active in the church and working in us. Um, but I also know that some people are strange and that can get a little funky, but here's the thing. Instead of looking for voices to see God's word for your life, let's start in the safest place to do so, something that God will never contradict, which is his scriptures. And so here's the thing. It is hard to, in, in Christianese talk, hard to get a word from God if you're not in the word of God. And so reading is so important. We have a reading plan called Bible 365. This is not trying to manipulate your spiritual life so that we're all under ticking the boxes of the art church and now you're finally part of the community and we finally, yada, yada. It's not about that. It brings and helps a discipline and a structure and an order when you don't feel like reading, which for some of us is every day. <laughs> so it brings order and structure and discipline and in the midst of reading even when you don't feel in fact some of the best times I've ever had with the Lord is when I seek him and I know him in the scriptures and he speaks to me through the Holy Spirit where I go hmm that's not just a scripture I'm reading I feel like that's something in my heart Something's an oppression. That is actually a way in which the Lord speaks to us. So when you hear about the Holy Spirit giving a word uh, unto Simeon and you think about your own life, one way to really keep it safe is that you check the scriptures and that we look in God's word that he still speaks to his people today. Still speaks to his people today. And that's why it's so important to read every day because we don't know exactly the word wants to speak today. What is the word God has for us? And so for 2024, an important thing is, man, I need a word of what the Lord has for this year, for my family, for my life. And he will give it to us because when you got saved, Ephesians 1 talks about the seal of your salvation is the Holy Spirit, meaning God is with you. And can teach you about his word. How do we know this? The Holy Spirit is called the teacher. The comforter. The spirit of Jesus. And so in with his word, he can teach us about his word. Simeon got a word. Simeon received something of not just in the scriptures or prayer of the Lord, but an impression in his own heart that God had made a promise unto him. And so he gets a word. And that's important because I've, I've had to live this myself. In um, about, I don't know how many years ago, but specifically it was, it was a while ago. I was reading one day. I'm 22 at that time. I'm 31 now. I'm 22 at that time. There's the math, nine. Uh, so I'm, I'm reading at that time. I'm just going through my, uh, my scripture reading, and this scripture comes out. Psalm 128.3. Single context. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Bless God. Uh, still single in my apartment. So when I read the scripture, I'm like, eh. I didn't tell people this for years. So I felt an impression, highlight it. Highlight it and write it down. And so I did. I'm not dating anyone at that time. Um, and I, I kind of write that scripture down and I highlight it. And I just kind of keep it personal. Something in me was just like, I felt like the Lord saying, just keep it personal. So I wrote it down, highlight it. Um, about a year later from that, I am talking to uh, Nadia, who is, who's my wife, but at that time we were dating. I had the ring in my pocket. We are long distance at this time. I'm about to go propose, and there's a conversation that we have that pretty much determined if we were going to get married or not. 
And it was intense. We were, we were, there was a lot of emotions. And it, funny enough, it was over children. So my wife had uh, stage four endometriosis. Uh, I don't have all the time to go into the details of that, but it's excruciatingly painful. And when she was a few years earlier, a doctor had told her that the likelihood of her ever having children was very low. And so we're talking about kids because we're talking about our future. I'm thinking about getting engaged this woman. I want to talk future, right? So there's some wisdom there. And so I'm talking future. And she is saying, well, I don't, in tears, I don't know if I'm ever going to have children. And in the moment, the scripture comes back to me. In Psalm 128.3, which I got before I even knew her. I said, I got scripture that I would have children like all the shoots around my table. I don't know the fullness of what that looked like. Will you believe it with me? Would you have faith with me that this could be true? I'm telling a woman who's been called barren that I'm going to have natural children. Do you understand how crazy Christian dude that feels uh, <laughs> Like, I have become the nightmare plot of a Pure Flix movie. Like, I have just, I, I, I'm like, I'm, it's a faith move to like, I literally have the ring. This is the conversation that looks like it's going to break up our relationship. I feel the conviction from scripture I wasn't even looking for. That's a word for somebody. Scripture I wasn't even looking for. I just felt impressed. Write it down. And I'm like, I believe I'm supposed to have children. And I just was like, will you believe this with me? And in tears, did I handle it very tactfully? No. But, I, but we, in tears, she agreed. In March of this year, we will have our third child. So, but I do need to say this, because there are people in here walking through this faith journey themselves. It was a fight every single step of the way. It is so much easier to tell the testimony on this side. Every pregnancy has been, had been a battle. Every health journey has been a battle. There were surgeries that had to happen. There was a laser surgery that got rid of endometriosis. It was extremely thorough but very painful to go through. Uh, there has been all kinds of complications we've had before with children. And each one has had their own individual problems we would had to believe God for. At one point in this year, there was a health complication that we didn't even know if we were going to have another child. And the scripture came back up to me again. That there was a promise of God, a word from the Lord that I could not get away from. And that in the moment, I'm like, I still think, even though we might not have, I don't know if we're supposed to have more kids. And the scripture came back to me. I looked at Nani, I'm like, I can't get away from this. I feel like we're supposed to have one more. And much to our surprise, the third one is coming. And, but here's the thing. We go through it in tears. Do, you think, do we think sometimes the walk of faith is all smiles? Psalm 126.5 says, He who sows in tears will reap shouts of joy. There are many in here, just because you're crying doesn't mean that God isn't faithful. Doesn't mean he's not going to do it. You're just in the middle. You're in the middle. And I know what it's like to get something from the Lord and sound and feel crazy. I almost walked away from it from an engagement because the conviction I had. Yeah, I get it. That's, please take this with a grain of salt. But I knew something was strong in me because I wasn't even looking for it. The Lord just gave me a promise. 
Simeon gets a promise from the Lord. He gets a word. Why do you need a word? Because God's word is his promise. It's not just his promise. It's who he is. And in the book of John, it says that Jesus is the word made flesh. His word is who he is. And it's his promise. And scripture also says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So receiving and reading your word and getting in the Bible is so important because you might get something today that you need years down the line. Everyday reading is important because we only have vision for today. It's hard to see what's going to happen tomorrow. And yet God knows. And so and with that, we go with Simeon, still walking through it. Um, and Simeon in Luke 2, 27 through 28, so we keep going, it says, he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought him and the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said. The first part says he came in the spirit to the temple. So that you get a word, but the second one, this is real Christian-y, have eyes to see. Just because you have eyesight does not mean you have vision. Just because, just because you're alive doesn't mean you're living. There is a sense of revelation that has to come internally with you. That you don't just look at your child and see that they have ADHD or have these problems or what might come of their life. But you have a word from the Lord and said, even if no one else sees it, my child will produce good things for the work of the Lord in their future, whether it be in their old age or not. And so, but that takes, that takes vision. So here's the question, what if we're looking at the things of our life wrong? Because actually, until God revealed it to people, people who saw Jesus with their natural eyes and no spiritual truth usually always missed it. Pharisees thought he was demon casting out demons. They did not like him. Some people just saw him as a quack or a rabbi. In fact, when Jesus looks to his disciples and says, who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Christ. Jesus responds, this was not revealed unto you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Meaning we don't even see Jesus right until we get with the Lord. That we come into salvation by grace through faith because God starts to reveal who Jesus is. That many of us in here, Jesus was a religious figure of a religious structure until you came to see him for who he really is. And he became your Lord and Savior. Meaning our vision has to change. That we're looking at some things, looking for spiritual answers, but we can only see with our natural eyes. If there has to be something within us, Ephesians 1 17 through 19 talks about for God, the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Can we throw that scripture up real quick? Because there's another part. Eyes of your heart may be enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe? You can be saved and have blind spots. He's praying for enlightenment. Because you and I both know, life will try to kick it out of you. Family will try to kick it out of you. We just got done with the holidays. We know this. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like... Family will try to kick it out of you. Life will try to do it. If not, finances always magically rear their head. Things cloud the vision. 
There are people, God gave you a word in your young age, and somewhere along the pains and the beatings of life, you forgot he's faithful. That Paul in that scripture is praying for people to be enlightened, that their vision change. That when we get the word in us, it changes how we see things. So that when I look at my child, I don't just see a child. I see the promise of God fulfilled in my life. There's a painting. There's a, actually Rembrandt. He's a famous classical painter in the 1600s. When he was 25, he actually painted this scene from Simeon and Jesus. You want to throw that one up there? Gorgeous. Gorgeous. This is 25. I mean, a master truly. There's the temple. There's tons of people Beautiful moment as Simeon's prophesying over Jesus and says this word, incredible. 38 years later, 38 years later, the year of his death, he actually paints this painting again. And I want you to see the difference. Okay, this is, here's what's interesting. The story of Simeon didn't change. Rembrandt's vision of it did. And you know it's internal because let's get very literal here. The Bible characters are not in front of him to paint. So this is something internally coming from him, meaning the vision of his own heart and how he's portraying it is different. In his old age, it's not as technical, but look at the warmth of this. Look at the simplicity of the focus. It's not so much on the grand uh, temple around him and the people around him, but you see the simplicity and the warmth of a beautiful moment in history that actually gets skipped over a lot of times. But it's so important what Simeon even says. And what changed? The story of Simeon didn't change. The scripture didn't change. Rembrandt's vision of it changed. How he saw it changed. It's the same story. Or in your contest, it's the same family. It's the same home. It's the same kids. It's the same spouse. It's the same season. The vision can change. The best place to start with that is in the words. So you get the word. You have eyes to see the vision of what the Lord has for you. There's this third one. It's a little blunt point, but it's true. And you receiving the promise of God, you have to realize it's not just for you. God's word for you is not just for you. Proven, Simeon does this, it's beautiful. It says, he came in the spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of law. He took up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And actually, Scripture goes on and continues to bless them and even prophesies about the cross. Do you realize, leave that Scripture up there just real quick. Do you realize when he says a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, Simeon got a word that was decades ahead. They're debating if they should preach to the Gentiles in the book of Acts. Jesus' own disciples didn't even see this for a while. John the Baptist hadn't preached in the wilderness. He was still a baby. Simeon got a word decades ahead of everyone that came to pass. And so what's also great is in God kept his promise to Simeon. He saw the Messiah and held him in his own arms. And in the midst of Simeon receiving his promise... God used him 
to bless Joseph and Mary who were there. See, the shepherds had known that Jesus was the Savior. Uh, uh, her cousin with John the Baptist and Elizabeth and them, they knew Jesus was the Savior. Joseph and Mary did. These people of unknown and not of high stature, and yet now Simeon, a high priest, is prophesying of who Jesus was. It was an encouragement and a blessing to the couple. What Simeon had received as a promise from God, God also used to bless someone else. That the things you're believing for, for your family and for yourself, and what God has given you in his own word, are not just for you. Is your healing just for you? No, it's a testimony. In Revelation, it says we overcome by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. That what God does in you is not just for you. Why, why have kids ministry if God won't finish the work? Why start? We have people that are doing these ministries because we believe they're in the midst of what God is working in their own heart, and yet it blesses the younger generation as they get older and the cycle continues. And what's so important is I remember when I was six years old and we were in the roller rink. And uh, it used to be like a Tejano bar at one point. Welcome to church. We'll do it anywhere. Uh, and so... It was a roller rink at one point, and we remodeled it, and there was a main sanctuary, and there was a greenish jungle room for the little kids next to the sanctuary. It was, you know, it was very 90s. There's a lot of, like, there's jungle stuff and puppets, and before my generation made everything bland and neutral to be a reflection of the chaos and the failed expectations on the inside, so we need order on the out. I don't know. Food for thought. Uh, so back when things... <laughs> Back when things were just, you know, a little more colorful. And, and I remember I was on the left side of the auditorium. And there was a man there that went home to be with the Lord years ago. His name is Sam Marr. And I knew him as Mr. Sam. Mr. Sam loved kids. He was an old man, white hair. And he loved the Lord. At six years old, we did a Q&A. I don't remember a thing that was said. I do remember two things. There's one point where he's laughing because some of the questions were kind of ridiculous from six-year-olds. And then there's another point where he started crying. He was crying because he was talking about the Lord and what he's done. And it made an impression in me of two things. I know Mr. Sam loved me. And I know I know it loved the Lord. Is not what God is doing in you also to help other people. We suffer when this faith is me-centric. Recognizing it, it's not just for you to be healed, it's to testify God's glory and his goodness to other people. It's not just for your family to know Jesus, it's to testify what he's done. To encourage others who are believing the same thing. I think of all my, I mean, I think of all my kids Teachers, there's so many. There were John and Pam Beckman, one of them, uh, Mr. Sam, who went home to be with the Lord, Ricky Ruiz, who went home to be with the Lord, Vicky and Ricky. And I remember um, the Bates were wonderful. I remember Ron and, and Ryan, uh, uh, Rob and Ryan, in my youth pastor ministry. I Miss Penny, my first, my first boss for the logistics team, and Abigail, Mark Allen, and, and Darlene. I don't have all the names that are responsible for testifying of the goodness of the Lord when I was younger. I don't know what they were walking through, but I know what it did to me. Some of them are still believing for the things he gave them decades ago. 
And yet, God's still using them. Simeon saw the promise of God and was used as a blessing to other people. And here's this last, last point. Not only do you get a word and you have eyes to see what God's doing, not just it's not for you, all this is not just for you, but the last one, you remember he's faithful. You know, one of the most discouraging things I've seen in my faith are some of the people that have taught me when I was younger walk away from it. That in the midst of life and all its trials and tribulations, it can be easy to have our vision clouded to forget that God is faithful more than we are. That God is better than my own faith. I have failed. There have been horrible amount already in my life where I have missed it, and yet God has been faithful anyways. And his word is still true. Here's the thing. We do kids' ministry because it is the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. We do youth ministry because we don't want them just Christians as teenagers. We want them Christians as adults and senior citizens in their old age and they depart unto heaven and know the goodness of the Lord so that at the end of their life, they will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. It is meant to be a lifestyle and a lifetime thing. But what is interesting is sometimes people peter out at the end and yet... People will not know all the things you've gone through in your life, but the blessing should be the evidence of what you have believed for come to pass. Remember, Simeon was old. The promise of God that he got from the Holy Spirit, it said he saw before he departed, which means will you hold on to the word you might have gotten in your young age until the day you die? If it may even be hours before you see it, it's worth it. Because how you encourage a younger generation is you finish strong. That's how you encourage the back end of saying, yes, children's ministry was true, but I'm finishing with the same word I taught you when you're four years old, that we look at children and say, God is good and he's loving and he's caring. And we look at someone in their deathbed and say, God is good and he's loving and he's caring. It's the same all the way through. But by God, I know we get beat up in the middle. It doesn't mean that the word isn't going to come true if he is who he says he is, if his word is his promise, and it is who he is. The promise you got wasn't faulty, it wasn't fake, it wasn't weird, it was real. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, you can believe God. And no one laughs when it comes true. We have to finish this. For those that are starting... Walking with Jesus is wonderful. It's incredible. But understand, don't mistake meekness for weakness. This is a fight of faith. You will have to fight. You have to fight. And yet, why it's so important, remember he's faithful because you will fail. And yet, God's faithful. Some have gotten something years ago. And the only thing has changed is you've gone through more pain. Not that the word isn't true. Some are looking to know the promises of God and know that when he gives them to you, it might be years. And yet, he's faithful. In March, when I have my last child, when I have the third one, it will be eight plus years since I got that first scripture. When I was single, I couldn't even see a wife, and I got scripture about children before her. 
Go figure. But he's been faithful. Has it been a fight? Oh, <laughs> oh, buddy, it's been a fight. But it's a fight well worth fighting. God's, I've been able to boast in weakness because he's been strong in me. You will have stumbles and fails and mishaps. There will be pains and sufferings and trials and tribulations, but some people have forgotten in the room and some people need to hear it for the first time. What Jesus has said to his disciples, which is who we are, which meaning learners, what Jesus said to his disciples is still true. You will have trials and tribulations, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. My dad, 40 years ago, um, Heard this for the first time in his 20s, I believe. My parents will see it on the back end of their life. John Osteen used to say it in his church a lot. He says, great it is to dream a dream and stand in youth by the starry stream. But greater still is to fight life through and to say in the end the dream came true. For some, the fight is not much longer but it's worth the finish. Even if it was to the end of your days is when you finally saw the salvation of your family. It'd be worth it. Simeon did not see all of what Jesus became. But he got to see the spark in the start. The people that have poured in my life, many have gone home to be with the Lord. They have not seen all of what they poured in. And they will not see the finish. But it was worth it. And it's important to know. Life will try to be it out of you. People don't like talking about there's an enemy that tries to steal, kill, and destroy, but there is. But God's greater in all of that. And if he's faithful to an old man that most people forget when they think about the story of Jesus' birth, he's faithful to you. He's faithful to you. Because that's who he is, not who we are. Let's pray. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. This moment, I just want to kind of open the, the floor and the opportunity. In Romans, it talks about believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth. We believe that you come by grace through faith. That Jesus Christ is, is alive and living. That he really did die on the cross and rise again forgiveness of sins, that you can know him as your Lord and Savior. For some people, this is your first time ever. It's not a cultural thing for you, not your family thing. This is really something in your own heart. For other people, you feel like you've been away for a long time and you slipped in here and we're just trying to figure it all out. Whether it be one person or many, in, this, in the privacy of this moment, just so we know who we're praying with, not to call you up to the front and embarrass you, I want you to raise your hands that's the decision you're making in your own heart, to follow Jesus for the first time or again. I want you to raise your hand. First time I ever did this, in a crowd of 400, there was one girl that raised her hand and the whole congregation prayed. So today, in the midst of those that are making the decision, we're going to all pray together. Just repeat after me. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. 
Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.